How you doing? How you feeling? I'm your host, Tony Miller, and welcome to Labor Pains. After 15 years in hotels, I was fired for helping a group of hotel workers organize. I started out as an overnight front desk clerk and worked my way up to the executive committee of the largest hotel ownership group in Virginia with a lot of fun stops along the way, including at Hilton Corporate. I know the difference between good owners and bad owners, and at Labor Pains, we think you deserve to know the truth about both of them. We hope you enjoy the show. Adam and I chat about how his passion for labor and organizing was sparked as a young person and heavily influenced by his spiritual and cultural connection to his Jewish faith. Truly, Moses and Pharaoh might be the first documented instance of labor relations in history, but who's to say? He then turned those convictions into action by organizing his own workplace. Adam and his colleagues at work teamed up with the Teamsters and won big. I also need to beg everybody's forgiveness, because while I always encourage folks to watch versus listening to our chats, I have to admit that I was tinkering with Zoom and I totally butchered 85% of the video. The audio is 100% fine though, so feel free to just listen on this one. Whoops. I hope you enjoy our chat with Adam. Yeah, so I'm Adam Shakoff coming at you from Arlington, Virginia. I am the current chair of the Young Democrats of America Labor Caucus and the former chair of the Virginia Young Democrats Labor Caucus. Um, remind me, you know, what the heck do the young Democrat? First of all, how young do you have to be to be a young Democrat? What's, what's the ruling on that these days? Am I allowed in? Well, if you're under 36, you're allowed in. I just turned 36 in June. That's so that's so unfair. I can't I can't believe it. I'm I'm out. Darn it. Oh well. No worries. Um. So if you're under 36, you're in. And you're you're hanging out with the Young Democrats of America. And tell me, you know, Adam, the Labor Caucus. What what's that about? Why why does that exist? And and, and what's their role within the Young Democrats of America? Yeah. So with the Labor Caucus, whether it's on the state or national level, it's designed to, its so its primary purpose is to provide is to create links between the Democratic Party, especially young Democrats, and the labor movement. Because as we've seen, particularly over the past couple of years, there has been an upsurge in interest among young people, especially young progressives, in the labor movement because we've realized the central role they play in uh, ensuring a healthy democracy. And a, and a health in a, a health, healthy political environment, and so for many Democrats, many of them, you know, uh, I mean, it depends on what part of the country they come from, but many of them do not come from labor families or labor backgrounds, but they're very passionate about labor. So our job is to basically try to connect them from the young Democrats into that labor space, so they know, uh, you know, they know about their rights at work, they know about how to get involved in the labor movement, and they can really take things from there with us having their back. You and I talked about your family's background in, yes. in labor. So since you sort of mentioned that, can I ask you a little more uh, sure. about that? Sure. Well, so my grandparents and great-grandparents were really active in the Jewish labor movement in the United States and Canada, where my dad's from. Uh, they were like really active in Jewish labor organizations, whether it was on my mom's side with the Workmen's Circle or Jewish Labor Bund, or on my dad's side with uh, which in Hebrew means like labor unity. Basically, they were groups that were designed to uh, bring Jews together who were in the labor movement to fight for their rights, both as workers and as Jews. And for me, that has really had a profound impact on my life 
even though like my it kind of skipped a generation my parents were really involved in the labor movements but growing up it was that i was sort of taught that like really everything that i had in life was due to the previous struggles and victories won by labor activists past particularly those in my family and so it was you know like the message was you know thank god you don't have to you know work in hazardous conditions like you know your anxiety did in you know in the fur and leather workers or you know like what your uh great-grandfather did in uh you know as a custodian and carpenter however growing up at least in particularly like in the height of coming of age like in the economic crisis of 2008 i sort of came to realize that many of the fights that they had fought and won were either those battles were either still not over or their victories and gains were being reversed and so it was really up to us the next generation to pick up the torch that they had uh that they left on and to continue that fight so that our future generations can have at the very least the same things we did and the same prospects for life and the same opportunities i i love that and i love that that's part of your cultural identity and and, and yeah. faith identity i i i mean you know i'm catholic maybe not the best mm -hmm. one um but it seems to me that if you check out the book of exodus the uh, jewish oh, yeah. people really went through a labor uh issue with um you know the pharaoh they really had some demands and oh, yeah. uh, thankfully moses ran the bargaining unit and things ended up okay but and, um and i'm actually really glad you mentioned exodus uh there were uh two things one i will admit like like i didn't really grow up like the most observant jew in fact like my wife's catholic and it actually like it was her sort of what she got from her identity as a catholic and her spiritual fulfillment that really inspired me to really get in touch with my own jewish identity even though i've always been really interested in jewish history but yesterday i was listening to a podcast called it's seven minute torah it is a basically it's like it goes into like it goes into like torah passages from a very liberal jewish perspective and there was one there was really one uh thing in, in exodus that they were talking about that really resonated with me as you know someone as a jew involved in the labor movement now one of the key tenets of judaism is the rule of law as you know we jews have laws for everything you know from how to eat how to dress now i mean speaking as like a liberal reconstructionist jew like we believe that we as people in, as jews as people in the image of god have the ability to update and uh revise laws to suit uh modern circumstances but the same the central tenet that ultimately nobody whether pharaoh caesar or emperor has the ability or right to escape accountability and to violate standards of basic morality is still there that is like the central tenet of Jude the judaism's view of the rule of law and so in exodus uh they were talking about this one passage uh, Tetzaveh. it describes it describes god telling moses about the garments that the high priest must wear hmm. and one of the commandments is the high priest must wear a heavy metal breastplate with 12 stones embedded into it each of the stones representing the uh 12 tribes of israel and like the like at least the based on the commentary of that section the the symbolism of, of that was that one like wearing a heavy breastplate someone who was like so high in the who was like such it was like such a leader in the community both politically and spiritually one like having to wear that heavy breastplate was like designed to serve figuratively and perhaps literally keep them firmly on the ground 
Like just because you're, you know, you're the leader does not mean you get to lord over everybody else. And the 12 stones basically symbolize that you, as someone invested with the powers of leadership, must govern with the interests of the people in mind and that it is your job to get to sort of lead them on your back to greatness, to their greatness and not, you know, on the other, on the other way around as it had been in Egypt, where like it was literally we, the people were like lifting our, you know, the Pharaoh to greatness, essentially. And to me, like that resonated, like that really spoke to me because it's like today we have those at the top, particularly those, you know, in like the point zero 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 one percent in corporate America who are, Figuratively, and actually, in the case of Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, quite literally shooting themselves up, you know, so far off the earth that they can just look down and feel as if they have no accountability to the rest of us. And to me, it's the labor movement's job to fulfill that, that you might say, biblically inspired commandment to ensure that our leaders and that those with power govern with the interests of the people in mind. So. Sorry about the whole Torah rant. I, I love that. Well, let's see how good a Jew you are. If he was a priest, what tribe of Israel was he from? I uh, hmm. I think they're all Levites. I think it, yes, I, yes. I, okay. from, I remember my my history correct from the Old Testament. They're all from the tribe of Levi. So you have to look that up for me. I'm just trying to demonstrate I'll that check. I'm a decent I'll, Catholic I'll school student. <laughs> I'll talk to my rabbi. Okay, good. You make sure I'm right about that because if I get my Old Testament wrong, I get very uh upset it's my favorite of the two to be quite frank <laughs> again like i didn't grow up like, again i didn't grow up like i didn't go to a jewish day school i was you know i was relatively not observant that being said like seeing my what my wife got from her catholic identity yeah it really inspired me to sort of rediscover my own jewish identity so well they, they overlap a lot yeah. they, oh, yes. at, at least traditionally um they do i mean like i said i you know i as a if you're a good catholic school student and i got a's in religion except when i got senioritis you learn a lot about Jewish history. There, you you don't have Catholic history without Jewish history. It's the foundation oh, yeah. of um, of the church. You know, so people people choose not to listen to that and and, and talk about that today. But um, your wife, you mentioned she goes to a good church. It's yes, one of our, yes. One of our favorites, Our Lady Queen of Peace. So we're gonna give Father Tim another shameless plug. Um, oh, he's Father always Tim is a he, he is a mensch, and he's always talking about uh, the the power of social justice. And you're right. I, I love that reference. You're going to have to send me the passage in Exodus that's from with the 12 stones and the garment or um, send that to me later, because I, I think that's absolutely right. And that sort of is a great segue into talking about your sort of real life experience in this space where maybe it seemed like uh, you had some leaders who, you know, were trying to do the right thing, but maybe they get misguided sometimes. Yes. And that's where people do need to stand up from the other uh, sides of, of of the of life and maybe cause some change right so can you tell me a little bit more about how that happened for you yeah so i guess just to write some background again like last cycle i was at the i was a research analyst for the democratic congressional campaign committee dccc and you know like it was one of the it's like after like my last job at, at, at the super PAC, it was unionized but this one was not and typically it had been, even though awesome campaigns and PACs have been unionized, most party committees and party organs were not. And so like going in, I thought, well, you know, it's one cycle. Looks like, uh, you know, unions aren't really a thing in this uh, political space. You know, it, well, I did have like some, and like, well, I love working at the D-Trip and I love my, my supervisors and we believe, and I believe in the mission. 
And actually, before I go in, I should say that like this, unizing the D trip was really far from a solo effort. It was very much a collective effort. And so I'd like to like really make a shout out to my coworkers, uh, Eve Zervinsky, Zach Dion, Reed Waxham, and uh, Ali McKeon, and the organizer from our union, uh, Teamsters Local 238, uh, Jesse Case, because like, honestly, they deserve really, honestly, more credit than I do for making this happen. I, uh, it starts, like, this was still in the height of COVID, or it was like 2021, so not everyone really ha was, was totally vaccinated, so we're working very virtually, so a lot of this was sort of done online via Wicker, which is kind of like a, a it's kind of like Slack for Signal. I sent a message to my coworkers, my other fellow research analysts, saying, hey, I think, you know, given what happened with the DNC, we can really benefit from unionizing. I think that, you know, we really have a strong case to making that we as Democrats are, you know, supposed to be the party of labor. We are, like, the DTRIP the is labor-funded. I think we can, you know, perhaps, like, make some, you know, well-meaning uh, adjustments to our pay and benefits. I run to my, I sent, like, a Twitter DM to one of my other coworkers, Eve, saying, hey, uh, some of the trackers and I uh, were thinking of starting a union. What do you think? She's like, oh, my God, I'm so glad you reached out to me because Reed and I have been discussing forming a union. We should totally merge. I'm like, yes, yes, we should. So, like, again, this is all, like, again, like, this sort of shows, like, the trials and tribulations of trying to organize online. And and uh, let me ask you, Adam, you know, it sounds like you and your, your colleagues – um. It sounds like you felt pretty comfortable with talking to each other yes. about this. Uh, as you know, since you're in the labor sphere, I would say that that's pretty rare, right? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Um, and so tell me what was different or tell me maybe what you all as maybe being more experts in this space and having done it before. Why didn't you feel afraid? Because most people, when they start talking about a union with their colleagues, uh, someone catches wind of it and quickly and starts to union bust and really say some nasty things about union and threaten people's jobs or threaten their hours, things like that. So it's different here. Well, a few things. One, uh, talking to when we finally decided to go with the Teamsters, our, our uh, organizer, Jesse Case, saying, like, you know, I love to organize campaign workers because a lot of them are just so they do organizing for their job so much. It's like we don't really have to do much. They just, you know, already know. It's like just one push and off they go. Um, but other things that happened, and again, I acknowledge that with the trip, it was a very atypical labor experience because, again, like it was not a for-profit corporation. It wasn't an uh, organization that was labor-funded. And so really what, wait, wait, wait. So, so they're not for profit and you still organize them? Yeah, no. Nonprofits can unionize. Wow. So and, – and – they're unionized right now. Is that what you're telling me? Yes. For state we're of the largest bargaining unit. Yeah, we're the largest bargaining unit in the Democratic Party. And they still have money. The Democrats are still around. Is that right? Because I don't watch the news. I gave up on that shit a long time ago. But you're telling me the Democrats are still a party? Yeah, they're still a party. And look, one of the reasons we wanted to unionize was, again, like a, a lot of us, we like because of inflation and like pay wasn't really keeping up with the the, the, the cost of living. And so like the triple E had like a strong retention in recruiting crisis because mm. you know it was just hard to recruit people to uh, do like uh you know ruling campaign work when when like wages weren't keeping up with inflation that being said we what did your employee you know what what did your supervisors or bosses think after you you know cornered and said hey we're we're gonna or we're here to unionize that it was funny since like um let's see so like when what if uh 
when one of my uh, uh, coworkers like was like listening to like some of my bosses like strategize about like how to deal with um, you know the recruitment and retention crisis that was happening like in 2022, thinking like okay, how do we make it better to work here? Um, and again, these were all well-meaning people, but like when you get stuck in a certain way of thinking, it can sometimes be like hard to sort of break out of it. It takes like a shock to really do so. So they're like, okay, uh, guest speakers, snacks, parties. And then when we finally unionize and start bargaining, we're like, oh yeah, paying benefits. Yeah. We should have thought of that. Okay, let, let's fix that. You're right. And, and let me ask you from, you know, from a timeline perspective, from the time that maybe you started chatting with your teammates about, hey, maybe we need a union to voting for a union, you know, how long did that take? Um, maybe about like one or two months. You know, there's a couple things that you said that I think are really important is, um, one of them is that you like your job, right? Yeah. This was not a, about, oh, I want to stick it to my boss. You know, my boss is a real meanie. I'm tired of them. Uh, you liked your job. You liked working for them. You just thought things ought to be better, right? Yeah. And we thought that, again, like there were a number of issues we thought could be addressed, again, which was... First was like again like tough with recruit recruitment and retention like we thought you know pay had to be competitive or stay uh, like keep track with the cost of living especially since like in 2021 and 2022 inflation was was so high. As you know, I'm trying to connect with hotel workers. Uh, that's my primary, you know, my primary background in base. But you said you talked about wages not going up with the cost of inflation, right? You mm -hmm. talked about schedules. You talked about benefits. Hotel workers face those same problems, right? And so I think it goes back to what you, you were saying earlier. You know, there is always going to be the guy who writes that check and the people that don't. You know, yeah. I, you, you either have the money, it's in your bank account, or it ain't. Mm -hmm. And that's true no matter where you go, right? And uh, it sounds to me like if you're not the person signing the checks, then in order to get some power or some say so over what's happening at your workplace, You've got to organize. What do you think? Definitely. I mean, again, solidarity. It's such a power. It's such a, it's such a powerful concept. The idea that we, you know, you all stand together and you all have each other's back. And you, you mentioned that you partnered up with the Teamsters. Uh, how did they help you? You know, once you got involved with them, what, what did they bring to the table? Jesse, uh, again, our, our, our organizer. He said, like, it's like a lot of us were, again, because we loved our job. We, we, many of us, like, liked our supervisors. You know, so, like, a lot of us were sort of afraid to be, like, you know, play bad cop or, like, tough guy. But he said, look, I don't know these people. They're not my friends. So if you ever need someone to be, sort of, to, to play bad cop, like, to really sort of, you know, act as the tough guy, I, I, I will do that. No, like, I, I'll take the heat off you. So in that case, like, they were sort of willing to lay down in front of us for that. So. And and did it work? I mean, did you find oh, that? Oh yeah, helpful? I definitely, it definitely, I it uh, definitely. I mean, again, we were able to negotiate to get a contract within like uh, within a few months. Did you get so? Did you get wins with your contract? Did we you, did, we did, we yeah. got. Because you know, some people, Adam, they think about this process and they go, "Well, no, I gotta pick a fight with my boss. I got then gotta, you know, it gets all hairy and and nasty." And they might think to themselves, "Well, is this worth it?" And, you know, I guess that's my question to you and to your your colleagues and friends that did this is, did you think it was worth it at the end? Absolutely. 
Absolutely, because I mean, not not just for us, not that just you know we finally got some, a lot of us finally got some financial breathing room. Really, I think made this all worth it for me was all the messages we got from former D trip staffers who are saying like like they're on Twitter or social media saying like oh my god like I I like I so wish we had this when I was there like what do we think of this like this would have been so great when we were when we were there hearing that like outcry support from former D trip staffers was just it really just frustrated all of it because it showed that we were not the only ones who had issues that we need to address these a lot of them were sort of long-running issues and that we finally at least took a major step in addressing them as a union if you could send a message to those workers who are maybe not as brave as you and your buddies were at least at the beginning and and they might be afraid to talk with each other about organizing they might be afraid of getting fired or getting their hours cut or being retaliated against what would you tell? What would you tell? You're having issues with your with your with your job or your boss. I guarantee you, you are not alone. I guarantee you that there are others who have similar experiences and similar issues that need to be addressed. And so, once you talk with your coworkers and find people who again are who I guarantee you are experiencing similar issues that you are, once you stand together. It becomes much more difficult one for your boss to try to, you know, fire or retaliate against all of you. Because again, like if it's just one person, they can dismiss it as, oh, that was just that one person was lazy, they were an employer. If if they try to like again like uh, retaliate against all of you, then not only is it clear that you know the issue is systemic, but they're also cutting into their own bottom line. Because like, well, if without like the work the hard work put into by ordinary rank and file workers these bosses would be nowhere and again just to be really clear um the teamsters helped you do that correct oh yeah oh yeah i know you had a few items you wanted to share with us about what the young democrats are up to tell me about that yeah so just uh i would like a lot of what, a lot of what we do with the young democrats at least the labor caucus a lot of it is right now like well, I mean, most recently we held like an event about the uh, strike going on in Hollywood with uh, the writers and uh, writers and actors. But what we're really trying to do is really try to strengthen the state level uh, Young Democrats Labor Caucuses because I mean, we could, there's only so much we can do at the national level. Like a lot of it is, uh, a lot of it is really done on the state and local level where people connect with local labor activists and organizers who are really the ones who are doing the work and who are really pushing labor movement forward. And so like a lot of great work has been done like in state uh, level labor caucuses, like, you know, the California Young Democrats Labor Caucus, they set up, they set up like a labor solidarity fund to help support uh, striking workers and unionization activities. In Virginia, we uh, held like a unionizing 101 session for uh, young Democrats who were just like really interested to learn about you know what to do and how to unionize when they're trying to unionize their workplace that's cool where did you do that when did you do that well uh there were two uh the first one was actually in 2020 when um during the height of covid so it was virtual the second one was at the convention in so yeah that was in 2022 yeah in alexandria so that that was done in person we invited uh katie barrows who at the time was the head of the Nonprofit uh, professional employees union, MPEU, and uh, one of the Starbucks uh, work, uh, one of the like 
Cat Wiggers, who was like one of the Starbucks workers in Richmond who was unionizing, and uh, delegate then delegate uh, Elizabeth Guzman, who in the Virginia House of Delegates really paved the way for public sector workers to get the right to, to right to collectively bargain. Also, she'd been like a, a union uh, worker herself, so she brought a, a great experience, a wealth of experience into that. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. And so, so if somebody what, wants to get involved with that, you know, how do they do that? If you don't know where to do with that, so if anyone here is listening who wants to get involved with the Young Democrats and wants to form their own state labor caucus, you can email me at labor at yda.org. Again, that is labor at yda.org. If you email me, I can connect you with, again, like I can connect you with your state labor caucus if one exists in your state, or I can connect you with your local your state YD chapter so you can help get that started. It's fantastic that young people under 36, I guess that's not me anymore. Uh, I have nowhere to go. Um, I think it's a, a wonderfully resurgent movement within the political space to really have a refocus and a new energy around labor. Oh, yeah. No, for me, it's like, again, like growing up, again, based on my family experience, like I was always passionate about labor. But look, when I was like, you know, younger in high school, like the late 2000s, I was always considered sort of odd because I was interested in labor. It was seen as like, oh, labor, that's so yesterday. Like, oh, unions are so obsolete. But now it's like, like now, all of a sudden, like I was sort of like I went from being sort of out of date to being ahead of my time. Yeah, there's a you know at the bar I hang out at in D.C. Shout out to the the Red Derby, 14th and Quincy. Uh, one of the bartenders there, he I, I steal this line from him, but uh, I steal it from Joe. He says history doesn't repeat, but it often rhymes. Yes. And I think that that's so true, and that's why I loved that our chat began with the Book of Exodus, which. Mm -hmm. you know, 5,000 some odd years ago. I don't know, something yeah, like the that. oldest labor story ever. It's the oldest labor story. It's the original one. And I got to tell you, as someone who's adopted and, uh, you know, I, I can I can resonate heavily with that. I feel like when um, you know, I'm not only adopted in real life, but this company that I tried to organize, you know, they brought me in. I was at the very tip top uh, hanging out with the young pharaoh and whatnot. We were mm -hmm. very close. And then, you know, just like Moses, I did something bad, had yeah. to um, run away for a little bit. But my, my goal uh, maybe it's the Teamsters, maybe it's with somebody else, but my my goal is, you know, I uh, talk to the burning bush and then I got to roll back, right? And, yes. uh, you know, you got to tell Pharaoh whether, like you said, whether it's Pharaoh or Caesar or whomever, um, mm -hmm. that will always be around. That will never yes. change. And it's always going to be up to somebody to say, you know, let my people go, right? I mean, this is, or else you're going to have to deal with 10 plagues, or in your case, you're going to have to deal with. Jimmy Hoffa and the Teamsters. I, I don't know. That sounds worse. I'd, I'd, I'd take Locust. I mean, for, Jim uh, Hoffa. Adam, thank you again. I hope your wife had a great time at Mass this morning if she was there. She, I, uh, I'll i try to watch Father Tim's homily and the gospel today when they live stream it. Uh, they're great. And hopefully, if I'm up in the D.C. area, I can uh, connect with you guys in real life one time. Who knows? Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, great. Well, thank you so much for reaching out to me and having me on. Adam, thank you again for your time. Have a great rest of your weekend. You too. Thank you. you enjoyed the show today and remember you have far more power than you think you do when i was a junior in college i had the opportunity to visit a sister college of ours home of the best business school in the world according to many folks who definitely do not labor
In fact, both the cowardly CEO who fired me for helping workers organize and your favorite president of all time, you know, the dude with the hair like mine, both went there. A guest speaker, an executive at one of the most powerful investment banks in all of New York City, taught us something that I would never forget about solidarity. You see, this is you, and this is the boss. Hmm. This is your friend versus the boss. Done. But when you stand together, you are unbreakable and unstoppable. Your time is now. And if you need help getting organized or want to share your story about labor, go to labor.gay and click on connect with us. We will get back to you ASAP and we can help you get organized to build the future you deserve. Thank you again for watching Labor Pains. I'm Tony Miller, wishing you love and solidarity.